All right, I want to do something a little different this morning. I want to do a little exercise. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, might need, you might need a little space. I want you to stretch your arms out in front of you. Take a deep breath and breathe in the air, the cool, crisp air. Feel the warmth of the sun on your back. And just sit there for a few seconds. Okay, you can relax. I did that for a reason. How many of you were thinking, man, my shoulders are heavy? <laughs> How many of you notice the warmth on your back? How many of you notice the noise over there or over there? And then the kids in the background. Isn't it interesting how you can do one thing, but you can multitask and pick up all the other information that's going on about you, whether it's in your body or around you. And that, that awareness, that ability to perceive all that information is, uh, is mindfulness. It's awareness. It's like you're, you're the center, but you're hearing and you're seeing and you're perceiving information. And sometimes information comes in and you get... It's a lot of information. And what's interesting about your brain is it picks and chooses sometimes what's most important. Like there's stuff going on, like that car squealing, uh, there's kids in the background. But depending on what your, where your attention is, your brain kind of focuses out that information for this information here. But somehow it's still tracking stuff that's maybe not in front of your awareness but it's behind your awareness and behind your awareness. For example, later on today, you'll be able to describe it was a sunny day, it was a nice cool breeze, there was kids in the background, and you kind of recall all that information because somewhere along the way, you were recording that information. I just want to paint that picture of being aware because sometimes we, we just kind of truck along in life with an autopilot. We just kind of do the routine. And so you have like your consciousness and then your subconsciousness. Your consciousness is like, I'm warm, I'm hot, I'm full. I put too much hot sauce on that uh, plate of mine. <laughs> All those active thoughts. And then your subconscious, which is the, a layer behind that, it kind of tracks and stores information. And so when you're in a place that's a little bit different, your subconscious goes, hey, we've never been here before. Look around, look at your environment. Or hey, I have never heard that information before. What's to that? And so it kind of helps you to go about your day in an autopilot kind of setting. You kind of just be able to roll with it without having to think through all the details that you normally think about. For example, when you get up out of bed, you put your feet on the ground, and usually, oh, i got to use the bathroom, or maybe i got to drink, or I need to get a, that cup of coffee here real soon. And so those are automatic things that you think about, but you just kind of go through. Uh, an example, I, uh, I wanted to, uh, I said, I'm not going to eat sugar. Well, I walked by a bowl of sugar that I'm always eating from, or candy, and I ate from it, and I was like, I was supposed to not eat this. <laughs> but my automatic 
behaviors did the routine and my consciousness was not thinking about it. I'm just going through the routine. So many times in our life, we're just on autopilot and we don't realize that when we want to make changes in our behavior, we have to uh, do what is called repetition. Think over and over again so that you replant a new set of behaviors in that subconscious, in that second layer. And what that means is in that first layer, your consciousness, always be tracking, always be aware. And that's hard work sometimes to think about what you're thinking about, to kind of like stand guard and say, no, not you, you, not you all day long. You know, we need that subconsciousness to kind of auto, autopilot and do the work that we do kind of routine. You ever do some work, but it's not, it's like mindless work, so you can be able to do it, but yet you're thinking about other things somewhere else. When I was a mechanic, I used to be able to either replace a floor or do some kind of job and uh, I, w I used to be able to escape, like art is therapeutic, because you can do that and sometimes escape and go to another place and you find like, oh, thinking about this, thinking about that, and it's very therapeutic. And, and that's a good thing to have. But when, in 2019 or whenever you have goals or dreams, you have to stand guard and not go into the autopilot groove and actually consistently over and over again think thoughts, or do behaviors that are then ingrained like a groove into your subconscious. And when it's in your subconscious, then it's gonna come naturally to do this new behavior without you thinking about it. When you go to the gym or you do some exercise program, your body kind of remembers, hey, <clears throat> the first time you're sore, second time, third time, fourth time, you, you, it becomes a memory. Your muscles be remember. And then you, it's not so painful where your mind's like th that too. When you start doing new behaviors, at first it's weird and kind of sore and it feels weird. And then after a while, it begins to adapt that new behavior and that new thought. And so um, I just wanted to paint that and set that up because uh, I want to talk about happiness in 2019. Happiness, we hear about it in many different cultures, in many different ways, depending on your background. You know, sometimes we feel like we don't have the right to be happiness or to have happiness in our lives. Sometimes people come from the mindset that happiness is, uh, if it comes, it's great, but you shouldn't pursue it because there's someone suffering somewhere else. So the pursuit of happiness is really not a focus. You know, sometimes people have that kind of concept about happiness. And then sometimes happiness is uh, circumstantial. It seems flighty. It comes and goes with with our circumstances. I get a check I didn't expect, I'm happy, you know? Or uh, I make an A on the test, I'm happy. Or, you know, those things can feed into our levels of happiness. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you think about those moments when you're excited and you're happy, you're, you are exhilarated, you're in bliss, you're in your most, uh, the best feeling zone that you could possibly be when, you, when you're happy. You're able, you're, you're, you, don't, you don't second guess if, you, if it's time to help somebody. You smile and you say, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, how are you doing, you know? Because you you're in that place where you get the best possible version of you in happiness. And if everyone was happy, the world would be just a, 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 an illuminated place, you know? And so, I, how do we sustain that happiness? How do we get there? How do we make it to where it's a more even keel rather than this like a leaf kind of blowing like the wind, you know? And so there's a difference between joy and happiness. I like to describe joy as like a, a deep-seated root 
it's deeper in you. It's not so much based on the circumstances, but it's a, um, a level of awareness where you have accepted yourself for who you are and you love yourself just the way you are. And so it's like a rock solid place of joy. And so um, happiness is that joy expressed in color and in emotion and it's out loud and for everyone to see. Joy can be on the inside and people will kind of can tell your countenance, but happiness is when it's bubbling over and expressed, you know, and it's like, oh, it just goes in waves. And so I think it's important to understand what joy is, and I, I think it's understand what happiness is, and to be able to live from a place where we can promote the highest possible happiness, the highest possible joy possible. And that takes a, a certain measure of love, self-love. You've heard me talk about that before, and sometimes people get uncomfortable with self-love because we sometimes tend to think of egoism or narcissism or some of those types of things where someone's always consumed and about themselves, but that's not the case at all. In fact, anyone who's self-centered, that's proof of the lack of love. They're actually compensating. They're show-boasting and, and creating a facade because they're empty on the inside, and so a real self-love suggests that, you know what, I'm happy with me and there's nothing I need to prove. I don't even have to have this conversation. I'm good. You have an opinion, I have mine. Appreciate it. I'm out. I don't have to prove or say anything. I am complete on the inside and therefore I don't have to show it on the outside. And that's real love and real value. And, and real love and real value for yourself allows you to be in places and situations that um, would be offensive to other people because... Sometimes if you don't have adequate love on the inside, you're threatened very easily by different ideas and different opinions that are different from yours because everything is a threat to your, your system of thinking. And so, um, is that making sense to anyone? Yeah, cool. Um, we do different things to try to, to fill that void of happiness. You know, sometimes we drink, sometimes we smoke, sometimes we... Uh, love ourselves through loving someone else. There's different things that we can do to contribute. Sometimes the, not all of those things are the most healthiest things, uh, especially when you're dependent on those things. Um, but some of the things that can help us be in that happy place is to realize how uh, happiness works. If you were to take uh, gratitude, being grateful, it's a good place to start. And you wake up in the morning, I'm alive, I'm well, I've gotten over this sickness, but I'm here. I'm going to work tomorrow. There's a few pennies in the bank. I've got groceries in the refrigerator. I'm healthy. I've got my family. I've got things. Things are going. Things are going great. Things are going better than they were last year. You know? And you, you kind of align, collect all the things that are good and they're working and they're positive for you. And you start with those things. You already change the future by focusing on what is right and what is good and what is the best about your situation. When you focus on anything else, then it's a matter of, well, I got to get that done. Well, I got to get that. And when you think about that, that's living in some other place other than in the moment of here and now. Happiness is in the moment of here and now and recognizing what I've got going on right now, and it's good. And when you... Think about the past, sometimes there's not so much happiness or a circumstance that doesn't make sense. 
and that robs you of the moment of right now, or you're scared and worried about the future and what is going to happen and what could be or not me, or that certain level of, of uncertainty, and that also can rob you of right here and right now. So being present in the moment of right here and right now is a, a successful key for happiness because you're always in this place of what is currently happening right now is good. Like these kids, they don't have the foresight to think about the future and they're certainly not worried about the past and they're just constantly playing and having fun and what are we doing this second? Okay, let me just do, and they're constantly in this mode of creating and thinking about right here, right now, what's going on. And that's a wonderful place to be. And it's not that we can't learn from the class and it's not that we can't plan for the future, but sometimes we get stuck and those things bind us and they kind of overshadow our joy and they kind of rob us of what's really happening right now. There's good things happening right here, right now. My life is good right here, right now. You know? And uh, another thing I experienced is we all know what gridlock is. Like I picture an intersection and me and David were talking about this. You got traffic coming in from every angle. And all this, and because no one is moving or budging, you kind of grid, you're locked down. No one can move anywhere. And sometimes our thoughts are like that. We got more than one thought going on. We're thinking about the past, we're thinking about the present, we're thinking about the future. And we get locked up because all those thoughts come together and we can't make sense of it. And so we get overwhelmed and, and then we freeze up. An example of this was uh, I wanted to um, help my mom with something. And then I thought to myself, well, I haven't done the other things that I wanted to do, too, you know. And if I haven't done those, what makes me think that I can get out and do this thing now? And then what am I going to do about the future and plan these things out so I can get everything done? And it was an example of my mind getting gridlocked into worrying about the past, worrying about the future, rather than living in the moment of here and right now. And sometimes it's, it's helpful to think about how our mind is working so that we can declutter that traffic and live in the moment of right here and right now. And so the best thing we can do is to do that idea that came to us right then and there. Forget yesterday and all the things you didn't get to. Forget about tomorrow and how everything is going to work out. But do the thing that we're inspired to do in that moment. Because in that place, when we get that thing done, we're going to feel satisfied and we're going to be like, okay, I've got one thing down. Well, anything's possible. I can go back and do those other things that I want. But if I stay in that gridlock place and say, well, I can't do that because I haven't done what I've already done, then we perpetuate that cycle and we're perpetuating that lack of happiness and joy. And so um, I thought that was interesting uh, as I was preparing for this to think how my own mind works. Um, if you take happiness and put it into the future, it's called excitement. If you take happiness and you put it in the past, it's called nostalgia. I heard that word this morning. Because you you're sentimental about a moment in, in the past. And so uh, 2019, uh, as we continue to get together, I want us to think about happiness, giving ourselves the opportunity to be the happiest that we can possibly be. And that might mean doing some superficial things that at first just create peaks and valleys. But that's okay, that's good. When you make your accomplishments and you set your goals and you, and you keep to the requirements of yourself, I wanna do this this year, and you get it done, that's satisfaction, that's fulfillment, that's, that's joy that, you, that you're doing the things that you want to do. And sometimes we do things for others because you know we gave our word, but when we do things for ourselves, 
when we, we, we build our joy and our happiness to that level where we're sustained in a higher place. And when we're in that higher place, we give others the best of ourselves. We give them the happy version of ourselves. We give them the fulfilled version of ourselves. And we create an environment where we're happy, satisfied, fulfilled people because it starts within. And we just naturally do that on the outside for others as well. So I want to uh, open up the microphone and like I, I've always say, but we, we don't always get to do it, I want for any of you to be able to talk about what it is you want to do for 2019, even if it's something as simple as, I just want to be more aware. I want to be aware of what I think about, how I think about, and, and, and so, because that awareness is information that you can use to make change, and that means I, I want some growth. That, and saying that you want growth doesn't mean that what I have is bad now. No, it's just saying I've got unlimited potential in me. I want to tap into it so that I can be the beautiful expression of what I came here to be. And so um, I want to provide an opportunity where you say, 2019, I want to do this, or I want to be more aware of this. You know, uh, We often call that New Year's resolutions, but I don't want to give it that name because sometimes we think, well, New Year's resolutions is another reason what of the things that I won't do, <laughs> you know? But if you just say, I want to be more aware, I want to be more conscious, or I want to try to work on this, or I want to try to work on that, or build upon this that I started already. And so I want to give you that opportunity. But I want to preface it by saying this example that I heard here recently that I was sharing with David. There was this lady that, uh, she's a great motivational speaker. And she talks about being in high school, she, at 15 years old, she, she swam. But she was no good. She always came in dead last. And she, she's talking to the audience. And y'all hear me? I came in dead last. She's a black lady, you know, and she's funny like that. And uh, y'all repeat that, dead last. So I'm here at the, the swimming my tracks, doing my thing, always coming in dead last. No matter what kind of effort I put in, it feels like I make no progress, and it stinks. And so she goes to Grandma, and she goes, Grandma, you know, I think I'm going to quit. I, I just, no matter what I do, I just I ne never make any headway. I just, I lose all the time. She goes, baby, let me tell you something, okay? You came from a long line of people who worked in the fields for a long time, okay? They worked their fingers to the bone. And they took care of their kids, and they took care of other people's kids, too. And we wanted to quit, but we never did. And we passed down to you the stories of our resilience and not wanting to give up. We didn't tell you the bad part of everything. We told you the good part and how we stayed and stuck it out and we made it work the best way we could. So I just want to take this idea off the table, baby, that you could quit. Because <laughs> it's not in your blood, it's not in your genes, it's not in your genetics, we don't quit. Say this to yourself, baby. Quitters never win, winners never quit. Okay, now you get back there and you continue to do the best you can. So she's like, okay, mom, grandma, I, I, I'll take that. Well, she's like, I'm going to quit as soon as I can. So she goes to the next swim meet, and she says, there's nothing. Oh, she goes to the next swim meet, and all her family's in the back are, hey, hey, we're here for you. We got you. We came for here. Yeah. Grandma told us to come. Yeah. <laughs> we're here for the first. She goes, there's nothing. You know, it's one thing when you're losing, but it's another thing to lose and come in dead last in front of your family. <laughs> It's awful. It's already bad enough. You lose in private, no one knows, but your family's there. And so 
she goes to do her meet, and this is like a championship. And for some reason, somehow, she goes up to the judge, and she goes, I'm ready for the 15-year-olds. And like, the 15 years are already gone. She's like, what? How did I miss that? Yep, the 15 years are already gone. She's like, well, okay, cool then. I don't have to lose this one. But the judge says, but you can swim in the 17 and 18-year-olds. She's like, I already get ate up for lunch with the 15-year-olds. I'm not going with the 18-year-olds. Never mind. And, and they're like, no, go ahead. This will be good practice anyway for you. She's like, I don't need any more practice losing. <laughs> and so uh, she goes in, and uh, she's lining up with the 15 and uh, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. And she notices right away there's a difference. She's 15 years old, and she's got her hair in the barrettes, you know, and she's got a nice little cute outfit, and everything's about looking cute. But the 17, 18-year-olds, they got... Speedo caps. And then she's got a little waterproof mascara, you know, and everything's about looking cute. And the, the serious guys next door, they've got the goggles. And then she's got her little designer outfit, bathing suit, and they've got a Speedo. It's a whole different league, a whole different category. And she's thinking, oh, these guys are for real. They don't look cute, but they, these guys are for real. So she gets into the pool. The pool's about to, they're about to fire off the gun to go, and she thinks, okay, Grandma said, winners never quit, quitters never win. And so, bah, she jumps in, quitters never quit, winners never quit, winners never quit, quitters never win, winners never quit, quitters never win. And she's going there, and she goes, and she does the flip, and pushes off the wall, and goes back, winners never quit, winners, I can't even say it, <laughs> quitters never win, winners never quit, thank you, help me say that. And she goes, she goes, and then she does a flip and goes back and pushes off the wall and goes to the other end. And then she's thinking to herself, and she gets to, finally she gets to the end, and she's looking to the left and to the right. And she doesn't see anybody there. She's like, dang, I'm so slow, they done already got up out the pool. <laughs> and the judge comes rushing up to her, and she says, hey, hey, hey. And, uh, no, the coach. She's like, hey, look behind you. She looks behind, and uh, they are coming halfway. And so she's thinking, well, dang, I'm on my first, second lap, and they're coming. They already lapped me once, you know? <laughs> and she goes, no, you're first place. And she was thinking, dang, why didn't I believe that and give myself the benefit of the doubt? But that's us sometimes. We... We think that's too good to be true. I must have messed up. Nah, this can't be happening. And we don't ever give ourselves the bitterness for the doubt. We're ready to crack on ourselves and, and say some other excuse as to why we can't be that person, why we can't be that winner. And uh, the, the coach asked her, what did you do that was different? What did you do? I, I, I don't know. I had a talk with my grandma last night, and she said, winners never quit, quitters never win. And so I was just singing, to, uh, swimming to that. Winners never quit, quitters never win. She's like, well, 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 you, what were you saying before? I was saying, uh, I don't want to quit. I don't want to lose. 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 <laughs> and she points out that the conversation in your head determines your reality. And so what are we repeating to ourselves? What are we telling ourselves? Are we focusing on, on what we don't want or what we want to avoid? Or are we concentrating and having an inner dialogue, an inner conversation of, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. I can't do it. And this, is where I'm going to, this is the way I'm going to do that. And when we develop a, a positive inner dialogue, an inner confidence, then things come our way because it's what we're placing there. There's an old saying, what you resist persists. And if you think about it, it seems tricky at first, but 
When you're resisting something, say, for example, I'm pushing up against this and this is pushing up against me and I'm resisting it. You know, this thing can go anywhere it wants. It can flow by me or I can go around it. But I'm saying, I don't want you. I don't want you. You stay right there. And you. And all this thing does is get my energy and my focus. And I actually plant it firmly right there by saying, I'm resisting you. And what we resist, as, as long as I'm resisting it, it persists. But the moment I say, you're not the point of my focus, I'm moving on towards my victory, towards my accomplishment, towards my goal, then I'm that much closer to it. And then this thing that is my, the thing that I want to avoid, it's no longer an issue. I begin to move around it. And so that's a lot of words to say that 2019 as we decide what it is that we want to do or what it is we, where we want to be, let those things be our focus so that we have a positive dialogue within our minds that illuminates positivity and peace and hope and happiness and love. And we will create an environment where we accomplish those things that we want. We go to those places where we want to go. We do those things that we want to do. And we teach our kids that and we teach people around us that. And it begins with having good, positive love and conversations with ourselves.